Hello, and welcome to Law, the Universe, and Everything. I'm your host, Pacifico Soldati. This show explores topics from law and business to consciousness, spirituality, and everything in between. We feature accomplished leaders across many fields to help you get more out of your life. You can learn more and stay up to date at theluepodcast.com. If you're not familiar with my background, I'm a helper, parent, marketer, attorney outlaw, certified mediator, story brand guide, omnist, yoga teacher, and a former paratrooper and award-winning army chef at the 82nd Airborne Division and U.S. Army Special Operations Command. I'm the founder and CEO of the Soldati Group, a marketing agency helping startups, small businesses, and law firms leverage the power of story to grow their businesses. Law, Universe, and Everything is a production of the Soldati Group. All opinions expressed by the hosts and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinions of the Soldati Group or guest employers. This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only, and these discussions do not constitute legal or investment advice. Today's episode is brought to you by Prosperitas, an animated video agency that can help you bring your company's ideas, values, products, and messages to life with the power of video storytelling. Whether you strive to win more customers, engage, or educate your audience, Prosperitas will craft each video specifically targeted to fit your brand and vision. Visit prosperitasagency.com today to learn more. That's P-R-O-S-P-E-R-I-T-A-S agency.com to find out how Prosperitas can create the best videos your company has ever had. My guest today is Manuj Argawal. Manuj is a business strategist, inventor, author, and entrepreneur. He's the CIO and founder of Tetra Noodle Technologies. He uses AI and human psychology to help entrepreneurs, corporate executives, and professionals accelerate their growth sustainably. With over 25 years in business, working with multiple industries and a different range of businesses from startups to Fortune 500, Manuj has been able to craft out a unique methodology of solving problems using artificial intelligence and human psychology. He has worked on a project with Desire to Learn that got applauded by Barack Obama and Bill Gates. He has invented four patents in technology, written two, and built education and medical systems with over 180,000 students around the world. He's helped Microsoft, IBM, Pearson, Avanade, Desire to Learn, University of British Columbia, Canada Health, Infoway, and many more to scale through AI and in-need business strategy. His podcast, Bootstrapping Your Dreams, got ranked in the top 100 next to Tony Robbins, Gary Vee, and Tim Ferriss. Thank you so much for joining me today, Manoj. Welcome thank to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for that lovely introduction, and thank you so much for having me. Oh, my pleasure. So take me back a bit. What drove you to first fuse AI and human psychology to help the companies that you're working with? Yeah, the thing is, I'm my background is a full out technology. And I was for the first 20, 25 years of my uh, professional experience, I was very much a typical geek, if you will, just focused on building programs, software applications. And I was more used to talking to computers rather than humans. And through my own personal experiences, some of my personal challenges, I got into meditation. I got into spirituality and I got into learning how our mind really works. And what I found was that each one of us has a unique perspective on everything in life. And that happens because of our different 
life experiences, our different backgrounds, different outlooks on life. And AI, I realized, was a way to find out what most of the people are thinking. What are their views about a certain topic? This has been going on for centuries. It's nothing new, basically. When we have general elections, when we have referendums, government referendums, people come together and they voice their opinion. But with AI, you can do that at a very micro level. You can say, hey, do these, do the youngsters between 18 and 24 in a certain zip code like blue jeans or they like pink jeans. So you could do these kind of analysis and, and really dial down and understand what people are really thinking. And then as once you understand other human beings, the applications are immense, meaning you can use it for business purpose. You can build, use it to build communities. You can build it use it, that information to, you know, get buy-in for whatever initiatives that you want to accomplish in, in your professional life, in your career, in your personal life. So that is sort of where these ideas originated from my technical background, plus my personal experiences and learning about the mind and fusing these ideas together. So it seems like you're able to essentially practice sociology by fusing human psychology with AI so that you can get down to that micro level, but then you can actually bring it to scale. So you can actually really figure out what people are looking for, but you can figure it out on mass as well. Exactly. Yeah. So this technology can be used not only at a micro level, a few hundred, few thousand, it could be used to address millions or even billions of people. At the end of the day, it is all just data being recorded and AI is massively scalable now. And the astonishing thing is AI is still in its infancy as a technology. Like it's barely uh, a couple of decades old, a few decades old, but the real applications of AI are maybe even less than a decade old because we have multi-core CPUs in the in the computers now. We have cloud computing available. So before around, say, 2005 timeframe, the technology like AI algorithms and things of that nature, they existed, but we did not have the compute power to actually do anything meaningful with those. But now with advances in hardware technology, cloud computing, all these technologies are coming together and making it these sort of mind-blowing applications. It's interesting too, because I think AI also became such a huge buzzword that people just kind of slap it on a lot of stuff that isn't really AI, but because mm -hmm. even like machine learning is really just kind of like statistical analysis on steroids, mm -hmm. but then people just say, oh, it's AI. And then it just gets subsumed under that umbrella when really what you're talking about is that it's really recent that people are actually coming out with different things that get close to really qualifying as AI. That's right. As you rightly pointed out, there's a lot of sort of misconceptions between all these terms, uh, machine learning, AI. At the end of the day, machine learning is a simplest form of AI. AI basically has multiple layers. Right? It strives to, tries to simulate our brain, our mind, and our minds have several layers um, of cognitive processes that happen before we make a decision about something. So uh, machine learning, you can say it's a very simplistic one layer algorithm and AI, when we talk about AI, it is multi-layered, so it can do more complex stuff. And then there are other applications of AI, like computer vision, where the computer can actually see in video and images, just like human eyes can see and make inferences. It can listen to audio notes. It can generate audio. It can generate text. These kind of applications simulate human mind, and that's where the true power of AI lies. 
So it sounds like you see a direct line between your beginning to practice meditation and getting more spiritual and then going down this road and trying to fuse like human psychology with AI. So I'm mm -hmm. curious to think about how do you think we will reach, reach like artificial general intelligence or like just really higher order things? Do you think it's, I think there's a lot of people that say, oh, machine learning, even deep learning is not going to get us there. There's a lot of things that have to be fundamentally reinvented. We have to rethink how this is all done. Do you think there, I see people in the psychedelics industry, for example, that's really burgeoning now. And they talk about how psychedelics could be a way to open up the next realm of like artificial intelligence. Yeah, it's very interesting. Like the idea here is that we are trying to build artificial general intelligence, whereas we don't even understand how the human mind works. So we are trying to replicate something that we still don't understand fully well. And recently I read some books, how the neocortex in our minds, uh, it actually creates these thought patterns and creates these decisions. And as recent as the year to 1995, or even after that, scientists are still discovering exactly how the, the sensors or neurons in our mind works. So as we discover more and more about our mind, uh, it is inevitable that these discoveries will be added into the technology mix. So deep learning is a very, very it's a very powerful tool. Like I have uh, implemented some uh, projects on deep learning. I have few patents in some of the inventions I did in deep learning. But even after going through the experience, even I am really astonished at the power of what deep learning can do today. And to think that deep learning is still in, in an infancy is basically based on a couple of decades old technology. And the new invention, uh, the new discoveries about the human mind has not even sort of made it through the, the medical field yet. It, ha it hasn't reached consensus yet. So when it hits the technology field, obviously things will get very interesting. And, and I believe we are not too far. I think in the next two decades, we will have artificial general intelligence. That is my belief based on what I can see in the industry happening right now. And the implications are going to be humongous. Now, I cannot predict how it is going to turn out, but I feel like at some point we will be very much relying on AI for our daily lives, just like we rely on machines. One of the examples I always give is at the turn of the century, like when industrial revolution started in Britain through steam and we were all freed up to do other things. Other, otherwise, most of the population in the world used to do manual labor to earn their living. And with machines, we were able to build a society where we didn't have to work our entire lives. We had things like weekends and eight-hour workdays because machines were doing the majority of the work. Now, with AI making all these advances, we will be able to free up our minds to do other higher-level thinking or connecting with other people we can take the example of coronavirus. When we were locked down at home, people realized the importance of mental health and spending more time with family and friends and things like that. So I think as AI develops, it will open up new opportunities for further growth in human beings. Wow, that's one of the most bullish assessments of artificial general intelligence I've ever heard. I think most people say 50 years or not in our lifetimes or something like that. And But I too, I, I've seen different things that I, I one company I know of uh, is called AI Go. They basically completely started over and they were looking at things like Siri and Alexa 
And they were just really frustrated by how, quote unquote, stupid the technology is. And it's just, it doesn't learn anything, really. It doesn't retain anything. The number of times you like share details with Siri that they're just still, who are you? What? And so they started building essentially like a smart personal assistant, which I, I think is really one of the first consumer uses, because I think there's a lot of different things happening online. You think of a spread of fake news, things people can't verify. I think eventually people are just going to have to have their own virtual assistant that essentially helps them just parse out truth online. Because I don't, I think there's too much incentive to put out disinformation, either financially or politically. But then you'll have something that can essentially learn who you are, learn what you like. You imagine taking your favorite algorithms, whether it's I'm a big fan of a Spotify algorithm, I think is great. I think the TikTok algorithm is pretty great. And if you took things like those and you put them into a personal assistant that it can essentially completely customize your digital experience, but for mm. you and not for an advertiser or mm. for a Facebook or other social network. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, these things are a part and parcel of who we are as humans. And yeah, as the technology develops, a new ways of applying that technology will come into the picture. And yeah, and we have to make sure that we use uh, these technologies ethically and for the common good. Oh, definitely. I think there's definitely those people out there that say, oh, they think like Skynet is coming or think this is going to be just going to take over and destroy our lives. But yeah. really, it is just a tool like anything else, and it can be used for good or evil. It's not good or evil in and of itself. Yeah. And so it's who do we allow to control these things? What kind of regulations and guardrails do we and how much do we let it be the Wild West? Because yeah. obviously, we know that there's always going to be people that are marginalized either through lack of access to technology or lack of access to money. And so being able to make something that's more democratizing, I think TikTok is a great example where I look at it as the greatest invention since the printing press for decentralizing information, right? Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't matter who you are, where you are in the world, you can get on there and start singing, start talking, start dancing, do whatever you're going to do share yourself with the world. And whereas you would have just been out in the middle of nowhere, completely anonymous, you can be exposed to anyone who might just be like really into your content. And if more people are, then it can really blow you up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So talk to me a little bit more about how Tetra Noodle actually works and how you help companies. Yeah, we are uh, a big data and AI consulting company. And after working with a lot of Fortune 500 companies and even startups, I realized that all these companies have accumulated giant data stores of data as some of the company, Fortune 500 companies have been around for hundreds of years and they have a lot of data they have accumulated. Now, if you look at some of the richest people on the planet top 50 most of them they have made their money by utilizing the power of data so you talk about bill gates you talk about mark zuckerberg you talk about jeff bezos all these things all these people you can run down the list the reason that they became so rich so quickly was because they understand how to leverage data and use it to their advantage and the astonishing thing is that they were able to accumulate all this wealth within two decades. Amazon literally started in 1997, 98, and Jeff Bezos is, is now the richest person in the world, beating people and dynasties, business dynasties we ha who have been in business for, for centuries. So what we do is we help 
uh, companies realize first of all that they are sitting on a gold mine and they don't know how to unlock that that power of data so we go in there we uh, assess whatever they are trying to achieve whether that is more growth more customer loyalty predictive analytics um all that can be inferred or th- that can be you know accessed using data and uh, that's what we help uh, companies do basically look at their current resources look at the current data that they have and unlocking the power that is already inherent in that data so how can small businesses that maybe aren't able to yet afford your services how can they actually get better at collecting data collecting the right data and then figuring out how to leverage that the there is a misconception out in the industry that this is only for large corporations i mentioned large corporations because they have tons of data now that doesn't mean that small businesses cannot leverage ai or big data at the end of the day data is all around us so even if a big a small business do not have their own data they can get access to industry data so let's say somebody is starting an e-commerce store now uh, they are trying to sell socks so in order to figure out what kind of socks people like what kind of seasonality these purchases have you can access data from other sources which tell you a little bit about the buying habits of um consumers in that if we look at around us we are living in an attention economy wherever people's attention are is that's what makes more money that what make more progress even social causes like climate change needs attention of people so if we look around that ai can help gain attention so let's say a startup comes to us we can leverage ai we can leverage psychology to get more attention get more traction to their cause to their products and services AI, data is everywhere ai can be applied in any scenario it's just a matter of understanding what these technologies can do talking to experts like myself my company and just figuring out okay this is the objective this is the data that we do have and this is the data that we are missing and just figuring out where to get access to that data and then utilizing it to to get the insights that are there any nice tools that you recommend for small businesses or startups to be able to begin to integrate ai into their operations in some way yeah one of the one of the jokes that we have in the ai and da- big data industry is 80% of our time goes in collection and cleaning of data and then 20% is the only time spent on actual data analysis getting insights as we are not yet mature as an industry even in the tech sector let alone other industries the data that we collect is fragmented it's not complete it's got errors and the reason is because the way we collect data is pretty much through manual data entry like you know somebody sitting in a corner in a cubicle they enter data into a crm system or a spreadsheet and that data gets assembled into main database and what not so what happens is that there are a lot of errors in that data there are a lot of missing elements in that data so what we do is we first figure out okay what are the data sources we then collect that data so there are many tools available for collecting that data there is something called a etl process so there are many tools for transfer of data and accumulating of data collating of data cleaning of data it's a industry as in in its own i can go on and on so in terms of tools i will 
if somebody is just starting off i will just first of all get a little bit familiarity with the with the data world what it all means take a few basic courses even if you're not technical there are, there's a lot of information available in fact we also provide professional trainings not only for professionals but executives so if you're a business owner who's not technical get a little bit of education about how data can be utilized in your business and then if you want to get started if you want to get your hands dirty you can use online cloud based tools amazon aws provides a lot of hands on tools microsoft azure provides a lot of hands on tools and these are cloud based so the 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 cost is negligible you know many of these cloud providers offer free free trials trial subscriptions so you can upload 1000 records 2000 records and and play around with it and see okay if i apply this algorithm let me see what comes out of it and that's the only way you can get your dip your toes in this and then as you start to realize what it can do for you at that point if you feel comfortable go ahead and implement it on your own if you feel more like you want to get more uh, technical expertise go ahead and hire a couple of people consultants or freelancers and and let them execute small little projects and as you see more and more value you can start building or, or start working with experts like ours so it's all a step by step process just like anything else that we learn uh, in our life or in our work so is there anything people business owners for example should be wary of when they're getting into this practice of integrating ai into their business oh yeah yeah that's a very good question what happens is that as humans as i said i have studied neuroscience i have studied the human mind what happens is that we are people with lot of bias and there is nothing wrong with it like bias is a negative word but basically we have our own way of thinking we have our own preferences if you like vanilla ice cream you always notice vanilla flavor more than chocolate or strawberry and that's not because of you know any ill will it's just that's how our mind works so when we look at our data we really have to be sure that we do not look for things that we already uh, have in our mind or we already have a preference for it because at the end of the day we utilize data data analysis big data ai these kind of things to tell us what really works for others because as business owners we are here to serve others so the insights that we want is about others not our to get confirmation for our own biases so that is number one thing that you really need to make sure that when you go down this path you really have to put aside your own uh, biases and just accept the facts that the data is telling you secondly as i said earlier 80% of our times is spent on cleaning data and making sure the data is absolutely clean and accurate because even a slight variation or or dirty data can give you wrong conclusion so a good example could be if we just look at the average income of of a company worker and if we include the ceo whose pay is 200 times the average pay of a of a warehouse worker and then we just use the average pay to make conclusions now we added a huge discrepancy here like we added a warehouse worker and the ceo and if we took the average the warehouse worker will be making so much more money and if we base our decisions on how much benefits we want to give our employees what kind of perks we want to give it will be skewed so you really have to take into account these kind of issues and really align 
uh, align your data analysis to the real world and remove these biases and make sure the, that you're getting insights which reflect the sort of the, the real life situations, not imaginary situations. Really seems like a huge, probably like trillion dollar business opportunity to become the leading company that does like data cleaning as a service. Because if it's like, if that's 80% of your time right now, and if you could build an AI to do that for other companies through some sort of customized algorithm, then you're really looking at saving an extraordinary amount of time and investment from any one company. And then you Absolutely. get even 10 or 100,000 customers of that, you'd be probably well into the billions of dollars that you'd be able to make. Absolutely. As I said earlier, this is not even something in the future. It is happening right now. As I mentioned earlier, we just, all you need to do is go through a fortune uh, list of richest people and see where they made the money. It is already in trillions and trillions of dollar, the, uh, dollars. The worth of data. Look at look at coronavirus vaccine, right? Generally, it takes about a decade and billions of dollars to come up with a vaccine that is effective. And it was only because of the power of data, because of the power of AI, we were able to invent the vaccine within weeks, not decades, and get the majority of the population immunized because of the power of data. The invention of the vaccine was done through AI, then the administration, the logistics, the, the administration of all that was done through data, big data, AI. Otherwise, it is impossible to mobilize large populations and get them vaccinated. We need to see that data is everywhere and it is having impact across the world and it is already in trillions of dollars. Oh, absolutely. It's just a you know infinite number of pots of gold sitting out there for people to harvest, essentially. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, exactly. So tell me, how has a failure or an apparent failure set you up for later success? And do you have a favorite failure? Oh, yeah. Life is uh, full of challenges and failures, but failures uh, and challenges are uh, basically opportunities hidden in disguise. So one of the ways that I look at things is whenever there is a challenge, whenever there is a failure, if you don't give up, basically that means you need to roll up your sleeves, you need to figure out new ways of doing things, you need to going. And when that happens, these challenges basically make you grow, make you learn new things, acquire new skills, find out new ways of doing things, break new ground. So if we flip the, the story, that means that if you experience a failure or a challenge, rather than saying, oh my God, what has happened? Why don't things work out for me? The way to look at it is, hey, there's another challenge. That means there is another growth spurt right around the corner. All I need to do is overcome this challenge and I'll learn something new. I will make new connections. I will you know, grow in some way. So anytime you face a challenge, just say, okay, seems like we were aiming too low. Let's aim higher and let's get over this. And then you'll be faced with another challenge. That's how life is. That's why we say life is basically uh, a sea of challenges, which we have to cross to get to the promised land. Very cool. So tell me, how have you found mentors and advisors throughout your career? It's mentors and coaches uh, are very important in uh, one's life because they have lived. We were ta talking about these challenges, right? So one way to avoid challenge in the first place is to talk to somebody who has done it before. So mentors and, and coaches, they help you avoid those pitfalls in the first place. And so 
how do you find these mentors it's like any other way we find human relationships friendships our girlfriends boyfriends at the end of the day it is basically a hit and trial method isn't it like we date a few people then we say okay we like this person and then we take it to the next level things still work out and then we move in and then we ultimately get married friendships are similar when you know we we meet somebody we start with a hello with coffee and then ultimately some people become our closest friends same thing with mentors we come across accomplished people we start to talk with them and if they like us they share a little bit and then we like them we get a little bit of their time and and so on and so forth and slowly if there is reciprocation on both ends it develops into a formal mentorship way what i find what doesn't work is people approach old other people and say hey will you like to be my mentor or will you like to be my coach and you have to realize people who are successful time is a very limited commodity for them so we cannot just say to to somebody and approach them and say hey will you marry me that's not going to go well so you really have to take your time and build a relationship and then see if if the relationship works for both of you and then as it develops you can ask for more advice and even formalize it and say hey i'd love to be uh, i'd love to get mentorship from you and if you can spare an hour uh, of uh, a month or a week or whatever and so be specific be specific and say i'd love to have one hour every week with you and i'd like to ask specific questions about uh, personal development about business development about certain things so that you give a specific asks to these mentors and then they can say okay i can accommodate that and then that the way that it all works so i hope that makes sense oh absolutely some great advice in there so tell me what is one of the best or most worthwhile investments you've ever made and feel free to interpret the word investments as broadly as you like mm-hmm. yeah it's funny you mention it because i've written a humongous long article on medium it's uh, the title is 49900% roi in 6 months so that article was about me building a connection with a mentor and i invested i basically gifted him something like i was asking him what do you like and he said he likes indian food and me being an indian i know a little bit about indian food so i invested about 40 42 to gift him some new flavors that that i enjoy and that led to new opportunities new new ways new connections new ways of doing things and one of the connections gifted something that was worth $21000 back to me so that's something that i said hey i invested 40 bucks and then within 6 months it came back as 21000 so if anybody is interested in reading that article it's it's quite a read like a half an hour or so but but yeah i describe it in detail my journey and and i make these investments So that was I believe one of the greatest investments in my life. That's a great one. It reminds me of a story I was talking to someone the other day and they were saying how if you really want to leverage a referral network and such, you really need to think about like how you're in- interacting with the people you would want referring them and so they gave the example of there was like a real estate agent who would go and tip his barber for a $10 haircut, he'd tip him $100 every time. Mm-hmm. And because it was who do you think of all the real estate agents that go to that mm. barber mm. who's he actually going to end up referring stuff to mm. probably the person who tips him $100 and it's just like you said things like that that can just have a massive ROI that then you're like selling multi-million dollar homes especially mm. in this yeah. market now and so you're talking about four and five figure ROIs on something like that and Absolutely. it's just i think a good 
analogy and good example of the way you can really approach how you engage with other people to make sure that when you are in those seeking out mentor relationships and making investments that you're really putting yourself out there and delivering value before you're asking for value. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Investment in relationships is, is, is the key. So whatever you can do to invest in a relationship builder, that's, that's the key here to make sure you get massive ROI. Oh, totally agree. So what advice would you give to a smart, driven high school or college graduate about to enter the real world? And do you think there's any advice that they should ignore? First of all, I will say, find yourself because this is a cliche, but a lot of people, especially in my own journey, and I see that in many people's journeys, we get so, so affected by other people's opinion, not only about society as a whole, but about ourselves that we start to believe those opinions. So if people say you're not worth it, you're not gonna make it, you're not good enough. If we hear it and if we start to believe it, it becomes our identity. So one of the things that you need to do is focus on what you think you are capable of. What are your interests? What is, what is your potential? And be very protective of that, very protective. That means Put it in a, in a sort of like a safe house inside your mind and not let anybody invade that safe house, not let anybody break into that safe house. Even if people say, hey, you're not going to make it, you can say, okay, I respect your opinion. Thank you so much for sharing it, but that is your opinion. And I have more, my own opinions and those are the ones I will rely on. So focus on surrounding yourself with people who are uplifting, who are positive, and even if that is not always possible, but even if you're surrounded by uh, negative people, do not let their negativity seep into your mind because that is the most poisonous thing you will, you will spend your lifetime getting rid of. Not accomplishing your goals, not anything else, but the first thing is to get rid of that negativity. And the best way is not even let it enter your mind. I do say these things, but if you can get into meditation, if you can get into yoga, these are the things which will fortify your mind and it will build those uh, capabilities in your mind to see yourself as who you are and not let other people's opinions weigh in on your personality. Oh, couldn't agree more. Mm -hmm. So Nuj, what are one to three books that have greatly influenced your life? Yeah, so one of the books uh, that I read uh, recently, it's called The Principles from Ray Dalio. Ray Dalio is one of the, the most successful hedge fund managers in the world. And uh, being, being in the area of cutthroat finance, we think of hedge fund managers as, as really cutthroat and very competitive. But if you read his book, it is all talking about similar concepts about we are all different and we all come from different backgrounds and how we can utilize the power of psychology and understanding each other in the work and utilize it to make progress. So that is one book I highly recommend. There are so many other books, uh, Think and Grow Rich. I can go on and on. One, one, of the, one of the other sort of series of books I recommend is about, how do you call it? Stoicism. So Stoicism is from Rome. It's about philosophy of how to live one's life, how to react to life situations. And when you read about uh, these concepts, it gives you a lot of foundational strength to go through life, to go to, to face the challenges that, that are thrown your way. So these are some of the books I'll highly recommend. 
Awesome. So if you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, what would it say and why? What it will say is everything that you want to achieve, everything that you want to experience is within your reach, is is basically your, your creation. And all you need to do is realize this potential inside you and then do it. As I said earlier, most people have that potential, but it has been robbed away from them by people invading their their internal state of mind. So I just want to be on top of the mountains and tell people, hey, there's a huge potential lying dormant inside you. All you need to do is wake it, wake it up and then not only make your life better, but la- make other people's lives around you better. Oh, definitely. It's a great one. So who've been some of your heroes throughout your life and how did they help or inspire? You know, I'm, I'm a technologist at heart. I am a scientist uh, and engineer at heart. So some of the people that I admire most are scientists and people who have made discoveries, people who have no idea where this thing is going to lead them. Many people have given up their lives in pursuit of these discoveries. And that was to satisfy their own curiosity, but also to break new ground for humanity. So they sacrificed a lot, not only to get to where they wanted to go, but they contributed towards the growth of human race. If you look, human race is is the only species who has been able to dominate the planet so much. Not only the planet, but we are now flying space uh, ships into other planets. And that was because we are able to pass on our knowledge from generation to generation. So what we know today, we don't have to start over 200,000 years ago in, in cave cave in, in the cave because uh, we have learned so much over the generations. And, and so those are the people, scientists, Einstein, Newton, and the, all these people, they, ha- they have given us so much. And uh, life wouldn't be possible as it is today if it was not for these people who are just like tremendous human beings. Oh, awesome. So you mentioned yoga and meditation. I'd love to know what kind of meditation do you practice and what are some of your other self-care strategies? Yeah, it's simple. At the end of the day, meditation is all about just focus on your breath and focus on your thoughts. So I don't, a lot of people, you know, get confused. Okay, which meditation, how, whether I'm doing it right or not. If you just go subscribe to Calm or one of these apps on on your mobile phone, any kind of meditation that just, slows you down for 15 minutes. I personally uh, use a meditation from a company called Mind Valley. They have something called uh, six phase meditation. I use that. And then all it is focus on your thought. This is a guided meditation. So there are many meditations where they exactly tell you step by step what to do. So you can do guided or unguided and then just focus on your breaths, focus on what are the thoughts coming in your mind and like just go through those negative thoughts, get rid of them bring positive thoughts. And if you do it over and over again, within two months, you will start to realize your thought patterns have changed. So that's that's one thing. And then other ways of self-care is both physical and mental. I will say I, I focus more on mental aspects. So not watching a lot of news, not indulging in uh, negative sort of drama, staying away from negativity, not watching a lot of these murder shows and things of that nature on, 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 on TV, staying really focused on social media, not getting distracted. These are some of the things that are basically, I do that to, again, prevent 
taking on any negative residue from the world into my mind. That, the, and then physical morning walks and light exercise, those are some of the things that are really helpful as well. Awesome. So are there any quotes that you think of often or that you live your life? One thing, one thing I say, it is what it is. A life, whether you, whether you like it or not, it is the planet, the universe, the life, they are not under any obligation to please you. So it is us who get uh, distracted. It is us who get frustrated by, by life situations. So we just need to remember, hey, it is what it is and life will give us exactly what we want. So we are the creators of our own destiny. I, I think I went a little bit longer than the quote itself, but I just utilize these two. It is what it is and life gives you exactly what you want. Beautiful. Hmm. So in the last five years, what new belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life? Oh, last five years have been tremendously transformational. As I said earlier, my background has been technology. And in, in the world of science and technology, emotions don't matter whatsoever. It's all about facts and figures. And that's the way I used to communicate with people, with my friends and family. And, and I realize now that it's actually not the way to communicate. It's not the way to show up in the world. In fact, people are very emotional and we really need to dig into our feelings and emotions to communicate with others. And also the biggest realization, as I said earlier, was that we don't think alike. People, people are not always fact-based. Uh, fact people have different beliefs. And, and I used to get into a lot of uh, huge arguments about politics, about religion, about all these issues where I used to take one side and I uh, used to try and change the minds of other people using facts and figures. But now I realize that is never going to happen. So we really need to come to the other side we really need to listen. We really need to understand their perspective in order to affect change, in order to get buy-in. And we have to accept, hey, we will not be able to change everybody's mind and we don't need to. In order to work together, we can have different opinions and still collaborate because at the end of the day, we all want similar things. Even though we have different paths, different ways of thinking, we all want happiness for our kids, happiness for ourselves, prosperity, peace, love. These are the feelings that we want in our lives. And let's just accept that we are all different, but we have common goals. Beautiful. So Manuj, this has been a really fascinating and enlightening conversation, but that does bring me to my final question of the day. And that is, what is the kindest thing anyone has ever done for you? The kindest thing that I can think of, there are so many things. One, like I'll go back uh, to my early childhood, not childhood, but like teenage years for several reasons, which I have written about this extensively, so you can find it on Medium. But there was a point in my life where I basically was penniless and I was basically sitting on an Indian railway station trying to figure out where my meal is going to come from. And I met a guy who was pretty much my age. He took me under his wing. He brought me to his home. And then we ended up having a dance party on his uh, rooftop. He invited all his, all his friends. So that was, I will say, the kindest thing I remember because that was one of the lowest uh, points in my life. Oh, wow. What a cool story. Mm -hmm. Must have been transformative. Yeah, yeah. It was scary as well because uh, you don't uh, ever know who to trust, but it worked out. That's amazing thing. Like when you start trusting people and just go with the flow, things work out. 
Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today, Manuj. It was a pleasure to get to speak with you. Thank you so much for having me. It was a, it was very interesting conversation. You made it very interesting and easy to talk to you. Oh, thank you. Today's episode was brought to you by Prosperitas, specializing in making stunning videos to help you win more customers and look your best online. Visit prosperitasagency.com today to learn how they create unforgettable videos for unforgettable companies. Thank you so much to all of our listeners for tuning in to today's show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you found us so that others can find it as well. And follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the LUE Podcast or visit our website at theluepodcast.com. And if you'd like to support this show even further, I'd love to invite you to become a patron of the show. For as little as $5 per month, you can help us continue to produce high quality shows with amazing guests like you heard today. To become a patron, please visit patreon.com slash the LUE podcast. We look forward to having you tune in next time for the next episode of Law, the Universe, and Everything. I'm Pacifico Soldati, wishing you peace, love, and awesomeness. Yeah.